Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to have a really interesting conversation on this esthetician chat. Those of you who are on my podcast, thank you for so much for joining me. We will be discussing tonight specifically understanding cosmeceutical products only, specifically for estheticians. We have to have this conversation because I'm seeing more and more licensed estheticians who go to beauty school and then convince their clients to buy over-the-counter products. And I, ha I have to really say this because I do find that our education and the beauty industry is not at the same level that I had. So I have to stay there and admit it. However, when licensed estheticians are saying that there's nothing wrong with products from Sephora and nothing wrong with products from Walmart or Walgreens, I have to differ because you don't quite understand the difference between a cosmeceutical and an over-the-counter product. The reason we have our license is so that we are able to sell and retail cosmeceuticals to our clients. The reason we don't need a license for someone to go to Sephora is because those products are not cosmeceuticals, okay? So we have pharmaceuticals, which are in the medical reign. We have the cosmeceuticals is where we as licensed professionals can be introduced to and retail. And then you have over-the-counter that have nothing to do with licenses or degrees or education. So I've been in one of these groups on Facebook and I happened to see a post where someone was saying that there's an esthetician on social media that's promoting the fact that Sephora is having a 20% off sale and how they're telling people these are the products you should be buying. And people chimed in, there's nothing wrong with that. Estheticians can't retail all the time. Not everybody can afford to retail. What's wrong with the products at Sephora? And I'm thinking to myself, my Lord, I'm, I'm going to be in 20 years next year, and I have never seen people speak publicly with the lack of education and understanding. To defend products at Sephora, let, let's, let's go to the very beginning. Sephora does not need your money. Sephora is a multi-million dollar business that does not need your money. They don't need you as the licensed esthetician to promote their products. Okay, let's, let's, let's start there. Second. If you understand ingredients, you understand the difference between pharmaceutical, cosmeceutical, and OTC, which we'll, we'll use that for over-the-counter. Over-the-counter products are designed to have a longer shelf life, which means the ingredients are not going to be as active, which means there's going to be full of emulsifiers and water. So if you've ever seen me talk about this in any of my podcasts, my YouTubes, my live on Instagram, a lot of people don't quite understand that they're buying scented water. If you understand ingredients, then you understand the reason why they buy scented water is because scented water is not active. If you add something that's going to be a little bit active, you're going to shorten the shelf life. Companies that stay in the OTC range need to have products that can sit on the shelf and not mold at least three years minimum. In order for you to get a product not mold, you, you can't use a whole bunch of, of the ingredients that are not going to be active which means you're going to use a lot of fillers, emulsifiers. You're going to use a lot of ingredients to fill and make some substance of that product. And if you do have something active, it's going to be very low. So again, these over-the-counter products don't need estheticians. They never have needed estheticians. They're in a whole different category in a different game. We as estheticians have the luxury of being able to understand the difference between an over-the-counter product and a cosmeceutical. 
That is the reason why professional products ask for proof of training, which is your license, in order to purchase from them. There's a difference. There's a big difference from products that are in Sephora versus products that are in the cosmeceutical range. The biggest is the ingredients and the activity of the ingredients and the potency of the ingredients. So when I see licensed estheticians talk about the subject like it's not a big deal or that, you know, I can't afford retail, let's get to the real of it. You can't afford retail. You have no business. I've said this a lot of different ways. And I've said this very clearly to a lot of people because that is the part of your business, retail. I did a masterclass this this week uh, for everybody that's in my masterclass group discussing the importance of having your business run on a 24-hour clock and the importance of having an online website and having a Facebook group that you monetize and the importance of being able to understand that you should be making money beyond the open and close of your business. Regardless, if you open your doors, regardless, if you step foot in your business, you still should be able to make money 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I say all of that because as estheticians, we have so much more at our hands and we just don't utilize it. We're so comfortable at saying, I'm not going to retail because I can't afford it. And I'm comfortable saying, if you don't retail, you have no business. The retail is what makes or break your business. It's not the services. Because you can have people buy from your business that don't even step foot in your business. You got to understand where we are now, right? But I can't sit back and let these newer estheticians think it's okay that they stay in the OTC range or the retail range with people and they have no clue as to what's in the ingredients and why those ingredients are on the shelf or understand shelf life or understand any of the things that go into OTC, which is a very different category. We're in cosmeceuticals. It is so disheartening to me to see that estheticians are not in their entire, they don't utilize all of the access they have because they're so fearful of what clients are going to say because, well, they can go to Sephora or they can go to Walgreens and get a product. So why would they buy a product from me? I've heard that over all the years that I've been an esthetician. And I really just don't quite understand that. Right. And I am very simple. I am very easy. I tell people I don't sell. I have conversations. I've made lots of money for different companies. When I was a first esthetician, I was number one in sales. I do the things right but I understand exactly what happens when we deal with cosmeceuticals versus what we deal with over the counter. So that's why I can tell people, bring in what you are using at home. Let's look at the ingredients and see what you're doing. That's why with my clients, I was E, I simply had a simple conversation with the products in their own hands and telling them what's in it. That's the reason why I'm so passionate when I talk about our aesthetics and what we can do and working with cosmeceuticals and understanding what we have access to and how we can change what the skin does by what we have access to. Scented water is not gonna change skin. It's just not. And many of us don't even know how to read an actual ingredient deck. So I can understand why there's so many estheticians who get excited about over-the-counter products or a store like Sephora because they think 
that that's what they are working with. And it's not. We're over and beyond. I want an active product. Your client wants an active product. How do you give them a facial treatment or skincare treatment with all these actives and then turn around and be okay with them going home and every day using scented water or a product that is very, it's, it's not a, whether it's a repair product or it's slowing down signs of aging or whatever, why would, why would we stay in that? And why would we encourage that? I can no longer encourage that kind of thinking because that's not the purpose of what we are doing. And that's not the purpose of your license. Why did we go to school to learn all of these things to turn around and be a a Sephora rep? You don't have to go to school to work at Sephora. You don't have to go to school to work at Ulta. But again, Ulta, Sephora, all those, they don't need us. They're million dollar businesses. But we want to get on social media because we have a license and we think we know but you have no idea what's even in the bottles. You can't even read a label. You don't even understand the ingredients. I'm fascinated as to why people are so stuck here, right? Then I work with other businesses and I'm in other groups where these businesses are seven-figure businesses and eight-figure businesses. There's estheticians in our industry that are buying buildings for their businesses. And that group has a totally different conversation because no one is talking about an over-the-counter product. Most of those businesses have private label. Most of those businesses run the 60-40, which means 60% of their income is from retail because they're doing the things. They understand their license and how to use that license to earn income. They have the websites. They're monetizing the Facebook groups. They're doing all the things to earn income on a 24-hour clock and not a when you open and when you close. But again, I find that when we surround ourselves with people who are of like mind and understand the importance of what we are doing and the accessibility that we have and the ingredients that we have and how that we've changed people's lives and we've changed skin and we've corrected skin and we've done the things, when you get around people like that, You can't help but want to do better. You can't help but to improve your game. If you were around people who were buying buildings and hiring staff and private labeling and doing all the things that you want to do, if you're around those types of people, of course, you would love to continue to be around them, right? But if you're around people who are saying, well, I just refer everybody to Sephora. How do you expect to earn income? Sephora ain't giving you a percentage. I mean, I I always question um, this because even if you go to a school that's not great, they're not telling you to take your license and push over-the-counter products. Like that's not even in our education. That's not even in our vicinity. Like that's not even the purpose. But we have a lot of these newer estheticians who are stuck in this understanding and thinking that that's actually okay. And it's really totally not. It's really totally not. It's not at all. And I think that that's where we older folks in the industry have to be honest and say the reason we do really well is because we know the difference between cosmeceutical and OTC. 
we understand the ingredients, we understand the actives, we understand the peptides, we understand the correct absorptions, layer, uh, uh, order of absorption, we, we understand what chemicals do certain things, and this is the response in the skin. I said on my last, um, the last esthetician chat that I pinned, which is, was episode 18 on my um, podcast, I talked about increasing your education. I talked about not getting stuck into only doing aesthetic education connected to a product. I really went in depth and said the importance of understanding that if you learn the basics, which is what we learned in school, right? Before we even touched a product line or talked about products, we got basic education. If we can continue to get basic understanding and education from ingredients to efficacy to all these things that we come in contact with daily, you're going to have a different understanding of what you're doing, literally, right? Not everyone has the education that I have because I was fortunate enough to go to a school that was a Sedesco school. So if you're not familiar with Sedesco, Sedesco is like the world recognition in our industry. And we were a Sedesco school. So we offered a Sedesco training. So my teachers were Sedesco teachers. They were not, most of them were not even from the U.S. So they had a completely different understanding of education. And I'm thankful for that. I was so irritated when I was in school, but now that I was out and I'm almost at year 20, since I got my license, I'm thankful that I got that type of training because I have such a different and bigger understanding what I can do. And I think when we start talking about products and we start talking about, you know, the efficacy of them, how effective they are, I'm going to choose and partner with products that are going to be so super effective because I understand that I'm in the cosmeceutical range. So I'm not just going to take any product. I want to, I want an effective peptide. I want an effective corrective tool for eye treatments. I want a corrective and, and evidence-proven ingredients for A, B, C, and D. Like, I really understand that. But what I don't understand is someone who would go to school to get their license to turn around and suggest products that are over-the-counter that are not effective at all. And I think that's where we have to start keeping each other accountable. And I would encourage you, especially if you're listening to this, to really get with people who quite are, are, are where you want to be. You always want to put yourself in the place of where you're striving to go. And I find when I get into private groups and I'm, I'm talking to people who are really at a high level. I'm in two major groups. I'm in an esthetician group. That's a smaller group. That's really for people who are doing five, six, and seven figures. And then I'm in a non-aesthetic group, but businesses that are doing eight, nine, and 10 figures, right? And the common theme in both of those groups is that people understand that money is a tool. They understand that it's a tool to get them A, B, C, and D. The reason I love being around people who are striving and who are working in those realms is because their, their thought process is very different. I find that estheticians who are stuck, who are um, wanting to get to that level, but don't and haven't dealt with the issues. They haven't dealt with the money issues. They haven't dealt with the issues of lack of education. They haven't dealt with the issues of understanding their clientele and their clients. So it's easy for them to just stay where they are, right? 
when you get around people who are buying buildings and buying machines, um, buying two and three hydrofacials at one time, hydrofacials are not cheap. So we already know that they're, they're spending income, right? Um, and you are looking at businesses that are thriving on a 24 hour, seven days a week type of business, right? They merge and they can marry the online with their, with their brick and mortar really, really well. Some of them have more than one brick and mortar location. When you understand and you look at those things and the commonality with all of us is that we understand exactly what we have. We understand the tools that we have. We understand that earning income cannot be limited to one way. We have multiple streams of income. We have multiple streams of income so that we understand that there's more than one way to earn income in our business. And we have to have more than one way to earn it. And that's why I think it's hard for a lot of us when we are solo estheticians, when we're stuck in that treatment room and I start talking about getting out and having education and getting out and going to trade shows and getting out and getting around like-minded people or people that you want to be around that are hitting those goals that are goals that you want to have. Your conversation is different. You're not in a private group arguing with other estheticians as to why you're, you're selling or, or suggesting Sephora products to your clients. Like that's not even a conversation. I hope that makes sense. Um, and I find that when you're around people who have the same ideas and the same understanding as you, you're not talking about Sephora. You're not talking about Ulta. You're not even talking about any of those things or any of those brands that are connected to that. You're talking about everything in the cosmeceutical range. So when you start understanding that, the conversation becomes really, really different. Now the conversation comes around, who can I partner with to private label to give me the most active peptides, to give me the most active ingredients that are going to give the results that my clients are looking for? Now I'm not even talking about um, services that have to do with, you know, um, uh, corrective facials or anti-aging facials or any of that. What I'm focusing now on is how much time I get to spend with clients. Now I'm focusing on how do I customize every single service that I offer, those are the conversations we're having. We're not having conversations arguing about clients that go to Sephora because those aren't clients. And that's the thing. And I, you know what, when I was heavily in my business and I had lots of clients who would love to come in and compare themselves. And I always find this, I don't know if you find this, but clients love to compare themselves to movie stars. I don't know what that fascination is. Um, they're constantly comparing themselves to movie stars and, and what movie stars look like. And I'll never forget this conversation I have with this woman um, about her brows and her skin. And she's like, you know, I, I want my brows to be like JLo. And I was like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice uh, want. Um, but I hope you do understand that JLo does not tweeze her brows at home. You know that, right? Well, I mean, no, 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 no. Because if you, if you bring her up, we got to talk about her habits. She has estheticians. She has like a whole beauty team. She doesn't do home facials with, 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 with the, uh, the stuff that's in your refrigerator that you eat. She's not doing that. She has a whole team of professionals that she looks to and relies on that take care of her skin. So is that the level that you want to partner with me with? Because I would love to do that. But then you can't go home and try to make your yogurt uh, mask. Or tweeze, you know, all your hair off and then have two hairs and want me to work miracles. Like, 
movie stars and, and people like that have a whole glam squad. They're, they're not at home doing home stuff. So do you understand that? And they're also not using products from Sephora and Ulta. They are using cosmetics. Most, some of them are using pharmaceutical grade, medical grade products. Are you ready to commit to that level? And it's always funny when I have those conversations because people are like, wait, what? No, JLo's not doing a yogurt mask, honey. And truth be told, even though she has her own skincare line, she ain't using that either, but you know, whatever. That's my disclaimer. So all these people that you, you come in comparing yourself to, those people have glam squads that have estheticians on them, licensed beauty professionals on them. Some of them have doctors on them or nurses. Like there are people who are trained. There's a, there's a difference. They're using cosmeceuticals and pharmaceutical grade products. They're not doing a, a DIY. So are you ready to commit to me on that level? And they would, oh, I would always laugh at their response because they were like, I never thought of it like that. I'm like, people don't just wake up one day and just have skin. Like there's maintenance. There's things that they do that are important, but they work with trained professionals. That, that's the glam squad. Oh, yeah. And, but it didn't dawn on them. It was, it's easy for them to compare themselves to a starlet. But when it came down to understand what that starlet was doing to keep and maintain, they kind of tuned out because then they realized, oh, yeah, yeah, now I understand. Then I had some clients, on the other hand, that wanted to have a glam squad that would do the things that were compliant. They followed directions. They did the things. They weren't at home in between facials trying to do DIYs that they've seen on YouTube and or, you know, social media. They did. They, they followed the protocols. Right. That's something that I learned with my own skin as an esthetician. I thought I could treat my own skin and I have never had better skin until I placed my face into someone else's hands. So I think we have to really understand, one, the mentality of what our clients are expecting, but two, are we delivering and we are on the same page as they are? We have the tools. We have the access. So why would you sell yourself short to an over-the-counter product when you have access to cosmeceutical products that are stronger than what they could get off the shelf? Like, I don't understand why, why we're still having this conversation with people and, and why people, professionals, I shouldn't even say people, why we as an industry are arguing amongst ourselves, licensed people with licensed people to get them to understand why it is we have access to cosmeceutical products, why they're efficient at what they do and how we have access to it. The public does not have access to cosmeceuticals. They come to us like it's to me, it's simple, but I'm guessing it's not as simple because maybe it's not explained that well in beauty school. And maybe some companies don't do a great job at at explaining their cosmeceuticals. That might be. But for me, I want access to the best. And I'm sorry, the best is not going to be on a shelf. Um in a store that you can just walk up and get, you know what I'm saying? Um, and let's talk about the, the professional products that started off as a cosmeceutical and then converted to an over-the-counter. 
And I've said my story. I've talked about this with DDF. DDF is now products that are at Sephora and Ulta and all of that. DDF was not an over-the-counter product. It was a cosmeceutical, an amazing cosmeceutical, by the way. Um, But they started changing their ingredients to go over-the-counter because they needed to be less active. They needed to have longer shelf lives. So they started doing more fillers and more emulsifiers and they started cutting down. They had an amazing retinol clay cleanser. I've not seen a retinol clay cleanser since there's that's And that was, Oh God, I'm dating myself. Maybe 15 years ago. It was beautiful. It was a red clay retinol cleanser for acne. So it could be a clay cleanser as well as a clay mask. Um, I've, I've not seen one since, right. They completely took that out. They had a, um, sulfur clay mask, which I haven't seen that anymore. They had a, um, green algae cleanser. You don't see algae cleansers that much anymore. Um, you know, they had such active products and I loved that line, but they started pulling all the actives away. They started discontinuing them. They kept the ones that were great sellers. They added a lot of stuff to it to give it a longer shelf life. And it moved from cosmeceutical to OTC. And that's where it's been. So, you know, you got to understand that some of these products that are available that used to be cosmeceuticals, probably more than likely don't have the same ingredients because they need a longer shelf life. So all those actives that we thought was in it when we worked with them, when they were in the cosmeceutical range changed in order to have OTC and to have a longer shelf life. So, you know, it's hard to explain to people who've never been through that process. I've been through that process and it was a heart wrenching process um, and I understood it. But if you don't really understand, you know, or you just can't understand what ingredients do, what their function is and you don't really understand how to read a label, then I can see why it's so appealing to to tell someone to go in somewhere. Um, And, you know, because they used to see it in the cosmeceutical range, they think it's the same thing. It's really not. Uh, Another great example is Peter Thomas Roth. Peter Thomas Roth was in another amazing line that was in cosmeceuticals. Um, They were in the salon and spa space for a long time. Lots of actives. Um, But they are now over the counter. They are primary. I don't even know if they offer um, wholesale options to spas anymore. I don't even know if they do. Um, But they are now heavily in Sephora and Ulta. Um, But Peter Thomas Roth was another line that had lots of actives. They used to have an amazing back bar line for peels. Oh, great peels. Yeah, they were cosmeceutical. They're not cosmeceutical anymore. So I could go on and on. There's quite a few brands that have gone from cosmeceutical to over the counter. Um, And you have to understand ingredients. So when you're trying to, you know, as a professional, tell someone, well, yeah, that's fine that you're using that and you can't read the label or you can't understand what's in the label, then no. Yeah, no. Nope. And here's a little thing called Google. You can take an ingredient and put it into Google and it'll tell you exactly what it is. So really there's no more excuses now as to people saying that they don't know what certain ingredients are. You have a whole tool at your hands. Every cell phone has access to Google. You can look up the ingredients right away. So, you know, we have to get out of this mindset of of justifying 
One, why we feel we don't need to retail. Two, why we don't understand the difference between cosmeceutical and over-the-counter. And three, the efficacy of your cosmeceutical products that you as a licensed professional have access to. Like, I, I, you know, yeah. I, I think for me, I'm, I'm always disappointed when people just don't know. They really just don't know. They don't know ingredients. They're, they're guessing. Um, they don't want to take the time to get educated. And education, there's lots of education right at our fingertips. There's a lot of education at our fingertips. But we have to, one, make the effort to continue to educate ourselves. And two, understand that we work with cosmeceuticals. That's what we do. That's what we have access to. We don't need to support <laughs> Sephora's and Ulta's. That's not the purpose of us getting our license. That's never the purpose of us getting our license. The purpose of us getting our license is so that we can work with cosmeceutical products. I worked for a doctor, so I had access to pharmaceutical grade, medical grade products. I was very proud of that. But I was also, I'm still very educated on ingredients. I'm an ingredient junkie. So I understood. I was even advising the doctor. Like, yeah, no, you have access as a medical physician for this. So yeah, you should get this. Oh, of course she didn't know. I mean, aesthetics was not her forte. She came from internal medicine. So of course she didn't understand. But when I explained, I said, oh no, you have access. This is what you can get as your, with your medical you license, we get this, 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 this. She was like, oh, okay. And I went on about my happy little way. <laughs> so we have to understand we're cosmeceuticals. We don't, Sephora doesn't need our money. Ulta doesn't need our money. We don't need to be promoting any of those products for them. They do a fine job on their own. What we need to do is understand and study more our ingredients and what we have access to. And I hope that a lot of that makes sense. So this is my first 30 minutes. Now for us to have conversation and chat, for those of you who are on my podcast, thank you guys so much. This is our episode, uh, where are we at? 19. You can also join our masterclasses. I have a masterclass community. It's just $25 a month and you have access to all of my masterclasses. Until next time.